This is another sports podcast. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning into another damn sports podcast. I am Drew Torres here with Money Mike Gilchrist after a long hiatus where I came down with the vid. It was very unfortunate. It was very annoying, but we are back after the 2021 NFL draft has wrapped up. Money Mike, I don't know if he really cares much about football these days, though, because he's been enjoying his Red Sox, really just dominating the early season of the MLB. Mike, how are you feeling? I feel pretty good. The Red Sox, uh, currently, as we are recording this, uh, are winning, so that's good. Um, they won 17 games in April. If they kept up that pace this whole season, they'll win 102 games, and that's definitely playoffs. Whether or not they'll uh, continue on this pace is uh, to be determined, but it's been it's been an exciting start to the baseball season now because the Red Sox are overperforming their expectation, and whenever that happens, it's very exciting. So uh, it's been a good start so far. Yeah, I, I know, obviously, with early season baseball, you have to take everything uh, a little, bring back the excitement just a little bit, because obviously they play so many damn games and so many things can happen by the time October rolls around. But for now, just to enjoy the winning, because I know over the years, your New York Giants, at least for the last one, let's say since 2012, have not really experienced much winning in their franchise's history. So any hope after this NFL draft? You know, <laughs> I, the, this, the New York Giants draft was not exciting because they um, they were picking 11th uh, originally and the guy they wanted at 11 got taken at 10 and then they traded with the Bears. Uh, we'll get into that trade in a little bit, but um, they got uh, Kadarius Tony from Florida. He kind of reminds me of a, if you were to compare to anybody, um, he's, a, the, you know, he's just a quick little receiver. So he, he's kind of like, um, oh, wow, his name's, I'm losing... Uh, he, he's kind of like Tyreek Hill a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't uh, even think of Tyreek Hill. Jeez, I almost said so number 10 on Kansas City because I've just been so out of NFL lately. But uh, no, he yeah. looks a lot, he, 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 the way he, his style of play, because he's so quick, he'll be a good special teams guy. He'll play in the slot really well. Um, so I, I, I definitely think that um, they addressed some of their needs. Like they went for uh, a cornerback. They got Aaron Robinson from UCF. Uh, in the third round, they drafted a couple of outside linebackers, uh, one from Georgia and one from Arizona, uh, one from Northern Iowa. So I, I think that the Giants, uh, they're still a young team, and I love Joe. Uh, I love their coach. Uh, you know, so I, I, I'm excited about their their prospects. I still think they're young, and I still don't think they're going to win the NFC East this year. But I didn't think they'd be as close as they were last year. So we'll see. How do you, I mean you? You had the Jaguars. They had the number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence. You kind of knew that for the last six months, but hey, they didn't screw up and pick like a guard like you thought they were going to. Yeah, th- this entire time, ever since the uh, the Jets screwed themselves over and beat the Raiders, I don't remember what week of the NFL season that was off of the Hail, the Hail Mary at the end of the game. Uh, I've been excited because I knew the Jaguars weren't going to win a game after that. And Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he seems like he's excited to play for Jacksonville. He seems like the, the perfect type of guy to play on a small market team you know he's not like a big personality he seems very humble he seems like he just wants to win no matter where he's at so um that on top of the the skills that he has obviously as he's shown in Clemson for all those years it's it's uh it's definitely one of the most exciting if not the most exciting time as a Jaguars fan uh that I've experienced throughout my fandom um and then obviously later in the first round, I picked number 25. They took uh, Travis Etienne, who is also the running back for Clemson. Um, at that point, I didn't really think that 
I, coming into this draft, running back was probably the one position where I'm like, okay, we're good. We have James Robinson. We have Carlos Hyde, who obviously has passed his years, but still has the ability to be a decent running back and a decent backup. But I guess getting that chemistry between Trevor Lawrence and ETN on the same team coming from college into the NFL together, I feel like that might be huge. Um, yeah. Uh, watching an interview with Urban Meyer, he said that it sounds like ETN is going to be more of like a third third down back guy. I mean, who knows? Maybe he, he takes over and James Robinson kind of falls by the wayside, but um, it's very exciting. And then after that, they kind of did what I wanted them to do, which was to draft defensive players. Um, because obviously it's crazy to say three years ago, the Jaguars were the best defense in the league. And now it's literally the Achilles heel of this team now. So the fact yeah. that they were stacking up on defensive players was huge. So overall, I'm pretty happy with the Jaguars draft. Yeah, it looks like they drafted – their first three were offensive players. Um, well, they, dra- they drafted uh, Lawrence, then they drafted a running back, then they drafted a corner, but then they went back to offensive with an offensive tackle. And then later on, they drafted a tight end and a wide receiver. But I see that they went for uh, cornerback, safety, defensive tackle, and defensive end. So they definitely addressed a lot of those needs on defense. I'm very curious, though, because you've known for months that they were the number one overall pick. They were going to take Trevor Lawrence, and they ended up taking Trevor Lawrence. If the Jets had the number one overall pick, Right. And they took Trevor Lawrence. Who would who would you have wanted the Jaguars to take of the other four top prospects? Because this was such a good quarterback draft class. It's probably one of the best they've had in a long time. Who was your favorite outside of Trevor Lawrence? Honestly, I've never thought about that because obviously I just knew all along that I didn't even really look at Zach Wilson or Trey Lance or Justin Fields and really do any sort of deep dive into what they can do because I just knew that the Jags are going to take Trevor. But um for some reason, I'm just really leaning towards Justin Fields. Like, I know he was the last one taken out of the, the top four at, and the fourth out of the top five, if you want to throw Mac Jones in there. But for some reason, Justin Fields, just watching him decimate Clemson like he did in the playoff and just the, the absolute ceiling that I saw him have compared to, I mean, I never really watched Trey Lance or Zach Wilson play, but just the whole... I guess circus surrounding Justin Fields had me kind of intrigued. So I think I would have wanted him, but if, for some reason, I just don't think Zach Wilson's going to be that good. I don't know what it is, but just seeing what he looks like and the fact that he played for BYU against some pretty, like not the best competition in college and the fact that he's going to the jets, I just don't think it's going to work out. The fact that the jets loved him is what makes me nervous about Zach Wilson. <laughs> but what was interesting was that, we all knew San Francisco traded up to get a quarterback. Uh, and the reports early on were that they traded up to get Mac Jones. Like they just loved Mac Jones. And then over the past like week before the draft, it was like, hold on, maybe they are considering Trey Lance. So like I knew Jacksonville was taking Trevor Lawrence. We knew the Jets were taking Zach Wilson because they were out there about how much they loved him. So, but three was a question mark. Like I didn't know if they were going to take Mac Jones or Trey Lance and they ended up taking Trey Lance, um, which is really interesting because he did not play a lot of games either in college yeah. no that he so, he's definitely more of just like he he has the god-given ability it seems like that's what they're really going off of and they can kind of work with him it doesn't seem like he's probably going to start uh to start the season i feel like jimmy garoppolo is probably going to start and trey lance is going to develop behind him at least that's what i would do if i was the 49ers because the I, garoppolo I, I, still I gives think, you a chance to win i think that's the game plan and i think that the reason that they wanted a quarterback is because um they have such a good team but jimmy garoppolo is not he, he doesn't stay healthy. That's the big issue with Jimmy Garoppolo. He doesn't stay healthy. So they need somebody who's, who's going to be their future and bring him in. Maybe he'll stay a year behind Jimmy Garoppolo and then take over the jobs. It looks like that's what they brought Trey Lance in to do. 
Um, and then, of course, in terms of quarterbacks, the uh, the Giants were going to take um, – they were going to take – what's his name right here for Philadelphia? They were going to take Smith. Smith. Yeah. They were going to take Smith at number 11. But the Eagles traded with the Cowboys to take him instead. So the Giants traded their pick to the Bears, who took Fields at 11, um, who, by the way, looked so miserable at his house when they announced that he was going to the Chicago Bears. <laughs> and then, like, the next day he had this video where he was out at the facility, and he's like, all right, Bears fans, so happy to be here. And I'm like, well, could you tell your face? <laughs> tell your face to show it? Yeah. That's why. Do you think that he's um, going to be starting? Or do you think they're going to roll out Andy Dalton? No, he's going to start. I yeah. think I think they'll try to make it seem like Andy Dalton's going to start, but come on. <laughs> yeah, you kind of need – since you're – you literally traded up to get him. You used a lot of resources to get him. You definitely have to just kind of throw him out there and see how it goes. Yeah. And, the, and you know, Matt Nagy, the, the coach and the GM at Chicago are, are on their last leg. Like this is their last shot. So they need him to do well. Cause they, the fact that they still, they picked Mitchell Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. <laughs> that, that is going to haunt that franchise forever. Uh, it's so sad man but it was definitely interesting to see how the the draft turned out because obviously like you said the third pick was definitely the most intriguing for me and it was for everyone else everybody was like hmm, trey lancer mac jones and then mac jones falls all the way down to pick number 15 and goes to the new england patriots which a lot of people expected once the 49ers passed on him but mac jones definitely seems like the bill belichick type of guy that they want him to be the next tom brady the next unathletic white quarterback uh, we'll see if it happens though I, I think that was a great pick, honestly, for the Patriots because I think Mac Jones is exactly what Josh McDaniels needs in his offense to kind of bring it back to what Brady did. Mac Jones, uh, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He knows how to play in high-pressure situations, um, and he knows what it's like to play for a very strict coach. So he's not going to give Bill Belichick kind of attitude or anything. He'll kind of just get in line and do what he's told, and I think that's what Bill Belichick wants. Um, so I, I don't know. I think because the Patriots have a lot of players who sat out last year due to COVID. Um, so I don't think the Patriots will be another seven to nine team. I expect the Patriots to come back and be a playoff team next year. I think. Yeah, I won't be surprised. And do you think right away Mac Jones is going to take the starting job from Cam Newton? Mm, I don't know about that. I, yeah, I, it's I be close. I, I think it depends on because you know how Bill Belichick is the best player plays. So yeah. if he's not, if he doesn't think he's ready for it, he's not going to play him. But. I, I do think if Cam struggles, then we'll see him pretty – I think we'll definitely see Mac Jones start some games next year. Yeah, um, no, I wouldn't um, be surprised. I um, mean, but w- with all this talk about the draft, the interesting story that came out before the draft was that Aaron Rodgers said he didn't want to be in Green Bay anymore, and we did not see a move of, deal, to deal with that at all in the draft. Like, the Packers did not try to trade with anybody. At least it didn't seem like it did. Maybe there was stuff behind the scenes, but there was nothing that – there was no moves made to try to trade Aaron Rodgers. Seattle didn't make any moves to try to trade Russell Wilson who's talked about wanting to leave. Uh, Houston didn't trade Deshaun Watson. So Yes. So all of the, this big talk that's been going on over the offseason has just gone by the wayside for the most part when it comes to these quarterbacks. But it seems like this Aaron Rodgers story has a lot of uh, weight behind it and has some legs because I saw that uh, Aaron Rodgers told his teammates that he is not coming back next year. How nuts is that? It's, it's crazy to me. Um, I, I, is it because of the fact that in the NFC championship game, they didn't go for it and they kicked the field goal and basically handed the ball to Brady and said, all you have to do is get a first down to beat us and you win. Uh, I don't know if that's the only reason why. I don't know if he's still salty about how they took a quarterback in the first round last year. Because it really, if he's a hip, if he's upset about that, he's such a hypocrite because he was taken in the first round when Brett Favre was still the guy. 
He's probably more upset about the fact that they don't ever draft him any help. Like he's had to deal with some pretty like low level weapons for the most part, other than Devonte Adams, you know, about a lot of low, like no name guys that he's had to kind of build up himself. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that also what's, what's, and what annoys me about things like this is that Aaron Rodgers not only said that he didn't want to play for green Man anymore, but he said, I, I, these are the play teams I want to play for. Like he put Vegas up there. Um, he said Vegas, the 49ers and someone else. It's like, if I were the Green Bay Packers GM, I'd be like, you know what? I'm trading you to a really terrible situation and a terrible team. Just screw you. That's what yeah. I would do. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> it it kind of rubs you the wrong way if you're the uh, Packers GM. But it's kind of crazy that the 49ers offered the the third overall pick, Jimmy Garoppolo, other players and other draft picks for Aaron Rodgers. And the Packers said no. Like they, <laughs> That's probably the best possible offer they could have gotten. Honestly, you know, if I was Green Bay, I would trade Aaron Rodgers to Houston for Deshaun Watson and some stuff. <laughs> Just a flip flop. Yeah, because Deshaun Watson doesn't want to be in Houston. Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be in Green Bay. Fine, let's send Aaron Rodgers to Houston where there's no help at all. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> we'll get Deshaun Watson. We'll get Deshaun Watson, who, you know, we can say, hey, you're playing for a prime franchise, and we've got good players to put you around you. Yeah, That's, yeah. Go, Houston would literally be the worst possible destination. That's where I, if I was the GM of the Packers, that's where I would send them. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Money Mike is spiteful. He definitely would not hold back if he was in that position, right? <laughs> well, no, because it, it just, it's so irritating that these, these um, you know, in, in the NBA, players have the, um, lately they just have been encouraged by the commissioner and by fans that it's okay to basically say, I don't want to play for a particular team anymore, so I'm going to just leave and go somewhere else, or I'm going to demand a trade, and that's just supposed to be okay. And the NBA players will argue that, oh, a GM can trade us whenever they want and they're okay. But if we decide to do that, we're the bad guys. It's like, well, in a way, yeah, because you're the employee. <laughs> and right. fans, you know, fans pay to see you. And if you just go all go to like one, like in the NBA, it's terrible because they all go to like four, just four cities and only four teams are good uh, or, or are final contenders. Now, NFL players are trying to get that same type of freedom, but they also whine about the fact they don't have enough guaranteed money. So my theory on this, my way to fix this, if I'm uh, an NFL executive is, okay, if you guys want to have more freedom to go wherever you want, fine. But if you sign a guaranteed contract with Green Bay and you decide you want to leave Green Bay, fine, but they don't have to pay you that guaranteed money. You you lose that guaranteed money. How's yeah. that sound? And then that would just completely take away any of these scenarios. You know, like there's no way Aaron Rodgers would be pulling this stuff if his guaranteed money was being taken away. So yeah, right. I mean, if I was the NFL, I would do that. But then obviously it could bring some controversy because people are always for the players. Or not always, but most of the time people are for the players. So people are going to be like, oh, the NFL are snakes. Well, hey, the reason the NFL has so much parity in it is because all the players are basically on the same team for most of their careers a lot of the times. Yeah. That's true. You know what I mean? Especially the quarterbacks. You know, it, it's nice when you have players like Eli Manning, um, Tom Brady, Peyton, I mean, obviously Tom Brady just went to Tampa and won a Super Bowl, but he's, you, you still think of Tom Brady, you think of the New England Patriots. You don't yeah. think of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Peyton Manning mostly is a Colt. He played his last few years in Denver, uh, but that was at the end of his career. Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> no. Maybe not Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Tony, Tony Romo, Philip Rivers, um, uh, Brett Favre. Big Ben, he, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, these guys are like, that's... The, it, it, I know it stinks when you go to a franchise and you don't have a say in going to that franchise and they can't put anything around you. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. 
I, I, I just don't like this attitude where, uh, you know, okay, things aren't going the way you want to, to right now until you want to leave. It's like Russell Wilson was brought into Seattle with a great situation because he had this great defense behind him. But now they can't block for me. He's like, well, I don't want to play here anymore. Like, well, wait a minute, buddy. You money, money Mike is not having, man. He, I can see it in his face. He's just like, fuck these players. Give me all their money. I, I don't want these guys to even be in the NFL anymore. I just want to be well, rich. And the other thing is, is, is that from a fan's perspective, you, you, you grow to like really like these guys. Some, I, some play, people would use love. I don't love players because they're <laughs> some people I don't even know. Sorry. Um, <laughs> So, you're also a grown man you know it's a little yeah, bit different you, you, you spend so much money on these jerseys and stuff like say you buy a jersey like if you're a fan of the miami heat and you buy a lebron jersey and it's like oh i'm going back to cleveland it's like right. well, well what the hell i just spent 80 100 on a jersey and you're not even playing here anymore yeah well that's why i probably i mean i'm probably gonna end up getting a bootleg trevor lawrence jersey because i mean it's not that expensive but i don't know if i'm ever gonna buy a full-priced jersey Again, I don't know. It's it's just not worth it. Like the fact that I bought a Jalen Ramsey jersey and then he just fucking leaves literally the next year. Right. I'm just like, come on, man. It's such a waste. Yeah, and, and it's like, uh, and people will also argue that you know, whenever you work a job, like if you're working at a particular company, as a private citizen, you can leave that company and go join another company whenever you want, and nobody writes an article about you or nobody covers you, but. <laughs> I feel like sports is so different. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's not really comparing apples to apples there. Right. People try. Like, you know, I, I hate yeah, that. People argument. are stupid. That's why. But um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see what happens with the Aaron Rodgers saga. I mean, obviously, it doesn't look like he's going to be playing for the Packers next year. So that's going to be very weird to see him in another jersey. Huh? Yeah. I, I, I'm very curious to see where he's going to go. I'm, I'm wondering where Deshaun Watson's going to go. And I wonder if it, it, I, it looks like Russell Wilson's going to stay in Seattle. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. It but, definitely seems like it at this point. Yeah, I mean, hey, if Aaron Rodgers ends up as a New York Giant, I won't complain, but I don't like the way that he gets there. <laughs> That's not... <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. Now, let me pose this to you. If a trade was made for Daniel Jones and the Giants get Aaron Rodgers, would you be happy? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> All of those terrible things you just said about Aaron Rodgers would go right out the window. And you're just like, yes, let's go. Let's go win a Super Bowl. Because <laughs> you know what? You know what? I am not a believer in cancel culture, okay? I, if someone doesn't <laughs> agree with me, I, if I like the product, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, my, Mike is also a believer in just changing his opinion right away if certain things happen. <laughs> No, I, I still don't like the atmosphere. It's just, hey, Aaron Rodgers on the Giants. Hey, it's all about winning. Yeah, there, there you go. You just shift focus. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll watch with my arms crossed and just shake my head like, hmm. no, you won't. My God, I, I've seen you when you watch a New York Giants game. You are not sitting there with your arms crossed unless Daniel Jones fumbles the ball again. Oh, that's just that's just tears. That's crying. <laughs> Is it, so you really don't think the Giants are going to win the NFC East this year? I mean, come on. It's not like the NFC East looks that good. I mean, I know the Cowboys are the favorites, but. I, I was going to say, no, it, it really, it, it, I, Dallas should win it, okay? <laughs> that. Dallas should win it. Philadelphia is in terrible shambles. I mean, did you see that video where the Eagles picked somebody and the GM went around trying to high-five everybody and nobody won? This one guy, like, looks so angry. <laughs> They're like, what the hell was that pick? No, I didn't see that. That's yeah, funny. so it's hilarious because it just shows that the Philadelphia front office is not on the same page, which so Philadelphia will probably be last in the division, which is fine because they suck. Um, who knows how Washington's going to be? Yeah, they're uh, kind of the wild card of the division. They have the best defense in the division, probably. Yeah, but no, no, they not, not probably they do. They have the best defense in the division, but offensively, 
they're kind of. I mean, the Giants' defense was sneaky good last year too, so I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's a shoe in, right? Well, I think the Giants have the second best defense in the division, yeah. but I think Washington's is a little bit better. Okay. Um, but the Giants, I think, have a better offense. At least they have better offensive weapons than Washington. So I think it will be. It should. This is how the standings should fall this year. It should be Dallas, New York, Washington, Philadelphia. Yeah. But, but, I would say of the four teams, Washington has the best coach. Of the four teams, mm-hmm. I think Ron Rivera is the best coach in that division, probably followed by Judge. Um, and then, um, tell me you don't like McCarthy. No, <laughs> no, 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 you see, he, he's like not a, a big fan, he, he, he's like a relic in this new NFL in the way yeah. that they play, you know. Yeah, so he's like, kind of like how Tom Coughlin was, uh, yeah, but Tom Coughlin's awesome. So, <laughs> <laughs> here, here, real quick, uh, I, I feel like we have to at least talk about the Bills a little bit. Um, of course. Yeah. So, I, so I picked number 30. The Bills took Gregory Rousseau, an edge rusher out of Miami. Uh, it seems like this dude is freaking massive, six foot seven. I actually saw the Bills share on their social media that he's he's the same size as three Isaiah McKenzie's, which I thought was really funny. Um, but uh, he sounds like he was a guy that was injury prone for a couple of years. And then the one year he was actually able to play a full season in college. He had 15 sacks and was only behind Chase Young in terms of his sack numbers. And then he opted out last year. So he's a guy that doesn't have a lot of actual in-game experience at a high level, but he definitely seems to have the physical prowess to actually be a pretty dominant defensive end in the NFL. And if, I mean, 15 sacks isn't a fluke. So I feel like he definitely could make a big impact on the Bills defensive line. Um, I forgot, did the Bills defensive line struggle much last year? Yeah, that was the weakest part of their defense was that they couldn't really they, – they, they struggled to get after the quarterback. Like, they had a, a tremendous secondary. Right, okay. They had, they had good linebackers. They had a tremendous secondary. But the weak point of their defense was the defensive line. So, it's not a surprise to me that the uh, Buffalo Bills went after defensive end on their first two picks. Like So, they picked um, Gregory Russo from Miami, and then they picked uh, Carlos Basham from Wake Forest um, in the second round with uh, the 29th pick of that one. But what did surprise me is that the Bills didn't go after a running back. Now, maybe there wasn't good enough players for them to go after in the draft for a running back at the points where they picked. But the Bills' running game, as far as who they have, is like they've got Singletary. And then, um, I mean, do they have a, a fully – because he didn't really take play every down last year. So, like, do they have a true running back? No, I don't believe so. I, I honestly think – I think the Jags kind of ruined their plans because I think they were going to pick uh, ETN um, if the Jags didn't have picked 25. Yeah. Um, so I, I bet you Bills fans were watching. where They were like, what? Because it, it didn't make any sense for the Jags to pick up either. So they're like, where the hell did this come from? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I believe – I'm trying to remember. Shit, I don't even remember who their, their running backs were. So, yeah, like you said, they have Singletary – uh taiwan jones zach moss zach moss is the guy we were forgetting um but yeah they didn't have anybody that was like a dominant three down back right so it's going to be the josh allen show once again yeah well and and that's going to be a very interesting division i think this year because you'll have mac jones in new england and a bunch of players coming back from new england Plus, Bill Belichick has the motivation of Tom Brady just won a Super Bowl. Oh, man. Mike's, Mike is starting with his Buffalo Bills hate already. He's like, oh, I'm all in no, on no, the no, Patriots. No, no, no. It's not hate. No, it's not hate. I think the Bills have more competition this year than they did last year. I know. I'm just screwing with you. Um, so the Dolphins <laughs> are interesting because they took uh, Jalen Waddell from Alabama at number six in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also took some, um, they took some defensive players and they addressed the, their offensive line. Um, 
So Miami is definitely going to be an interesting team to watch. Uh, the Jets are still probably in shambles. Uh, I don't think that Zach Wilson's going to uh, carry them to the title of NFC of the AFC East. Um, so I definitely, but I do think the the games between Buffalo and Miami and Buffalo and New England and Miami and New England will be very interesting to see how that division plays out. I would still put the Bills as the favorite, but Bills fans, don't be surprised if the Patriots sneak around the corner and beat you. Oh, it starts all over again. The Bills have to win over Money Mike once again. He's not coming into the season feeling good about the hometown Buffalo Bills. No, I I just said I think they're the favorite to win. I know. I'm just pushing the agenda and the narrative. Because it's oh, a lot more fun. Push away, please. Because I, I, I think it's hilarious <laughs> if the Patriots won. <laughs> they took a one-year hiatus. Honestly, though, it, it what interests me is that now that the Houston Texans are in absolute shambles, obviously the Titans are the favorites and the Colts are still a great team, but AFC South is going to be interesting this year too, I think. Such an interesting division because with Watson, he's not going to play for Houston. He's going to be somewhere else. Um, so they're going to be terrible. They're absolutely going to be terrible. You know, but so the other three teams, you have Indianapolis who was a playoff team last year. They've got a great roster and they took out, you know, there's basically, they lost Philip Rivers because he retired and they're replacing him with Carson Wentz. Now will Carson Wentz be what we've seen the last couple of years in Philadelphia? If so, if, uh, Indianapolis probably won't be that good. Or will he return to his 2017 MVP status with, uh, playing for his, uh, former offensive coordinator, now head coach. Um, when in Frank Reich, like I, I'm very curious to see how he plays, and and I think that's a big if if Carson Wentz plays like he did in 2017 versus how he's played in the last couple of years, the Colts are winning the AFC South. Oh yeah, they 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 have uh, they have the best roster in the yeah. division, in my opinion. Yeah, and and uh, Tannehill's fine, but I I don't I still he's somebody that hasn't won me completely over. He's played two really good seasons with the Titans, and I think that uh, Vrabel is a very very good head coach. Yeah. I think he's a very good head coach. Um, but the Titans defense actually wasn't that good last year. Like it was not what got them to the playoffs a couple of years ago. So that should be interesting. And then of course the Jaguars are on the rise with a, you know, they've got Trevor Lawrence, they have Urban Meyer. Um, they potentially have Tim Tebow at tight end. Like they've got so many, they've got so many weapons now. <laughs> yeah. Tim Tebow at tight end, man. That the freaking circus is coming down to Jacksonville. I, he hasn't been officially signed and I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get officially signed. But just seeing that name come up, I was like, dude, what the hell? Like, like <laughs> the Jaguars already have a bunch of shit going on in their organization. And then, of course, they have to bring this. But, hey, now, have, they Tebow, go ahead. have they announced uh, the – I know they've announced who's – like, what teams you're playing in your 17-game schedule. But have they announced the order, like, who's playing who week one? I don't think so. No. Uh, May 12th is the schedule release. And I only, only know that because once we see the schedule, we'll finally be able to book our honeymoon. Um because our plan is to hopefully, if the date falls correctly, fly through Seattle, watch the Jags play the Seahawks, and then go to Hawaii after that. So oh, nice. that that'd be a hell of a vacation. So hopefully, hoping that the it falls on a good date. Yeah, and if Russell Wilson leaves Seattle, then you know that you're, the, the Jags are going to have it in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. At this point, I don't. It, it, it doesn't matter to me as much. I mean, I, I'm saying this now and I'd probably still like be so pissed if they lost, but just traveling to these stadiums and having the experience, I, I try to not put too much on the so Jacks winning. Yeah. You just try to soak in the experience. Yeah, exactly. Because unfortunately I didn't do that when I saw them in Tennessee and I kind of look back at that. And I kind of regret it a little bit, but. Well, that was, because... was horrible. That was 
yeah, that was a bloodshed. Like that was that's probably the worst game you've ever been to. Oh, absolutely. And the issue was, it was just all of the frustrations of that year boiling over at that point because, like, we were supposed yeah. to be the favorites. You know, we're coming off of this amazing season, and the team just fucking sucked. And oh, all right, the emotions are coming back. Yeah, oh, I, I I felt bad for Kristen that she was wearing a Bills hat and they were trash talking to her. And she's like, "What are you guys talking about? My team beat both of the, your teams here." So shut up. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was kind of nice because then nobody was really talking shit to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, one more quick thing from the draft. I know I I, uh, I commented towards uh, Verkler on Twitter, but the Jags at the beginning of round three drafted Andre Cisco, safety from Syracuse University. Look at that. This guy's supposed to be pretty good. He's supposed to be a ball hawk type of guy. So might have a really good Syracuse player on our defense playing for years to come. That is, uh, that's definitely exciting news for the hometown to, yeah. uh, yeah, that's going to be great. Uh, I, I'm definitely pumped. I wish, uh, doesn't look like uh, the Giants took anybody from Syracuse. So I'm a little bummed about that. Yeah, there was only two yeah. Syracuse guys drafted. It was uh, Cisco and then I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's name. I Featu Melifonwu. <laughs> he, he went from he went to the lions so that's unfortunate for him yeah uh but it was interesting too is about the jags uh i think that probably a lot of people maybe predict this and it didn't actually come to fruition which was that urban meyer was going to draft a bunch of uh ohio state players hmm. and he didn't and they only drafted they did draft an ohio state player but it was very late it was in the fifth round and it was a tight end luke farrell yeah, that, that would be so stupid if he did that. Like, it's not just – you can't just focus on, like, one school, you know? You just got to draft the best players, right? No, but like, I think – it wasn't just like that. It's the players that he had coached. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, it would be drafting people that you're familiar with. Right. That's true. But I think he's uh, – he, he was probably just the most excited to put, uh, coach Trevor Lawrence. That's probably why he took the job, to be honest. That's 100% why he took the job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's probably going to be night and day for these players compared to when uh, – Doug Marone was there. I, I feel like Urban Meyer is probably just going to have a more professional atmosphere and just really know what he's doing. Well, I, I think Urban Meyer is also a very disciplinarian coach. Um, and that's a lot easier to pull off in college than it yeah. is in the NFL because in the NFL, they're grown men and they're adults. Right. And and that's the difference too. Hopefully he can kind of find a middle ground because obviously, you know, like you said, you can't just like fucking treat these guys like kids. Yeah. Like if Andy Reid told you to take a lap in college, you do it. But in the NFL, he tells you to take a lap. You say, look, look at you, you fat ass. You go take a lap. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that's exactly how it goes down. I'm sure Tyreek Hill has told him that before. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so I'm excited. I mean, I feel like this was one of the most exciting drafts in a while, just because there was, there was so much quarterback parody in the first round. Oh yeah. I mean, let's face it. This league revolves around the quarterbacks Yeah, the stories that we talk about revolves around the quarterbacks and this quarterback draft class was so good. And everyone also knows that next year's draft class is not going to be that exciting. So like this one was so hyped and, it, and you would think it was just because of Trevor Lawrence, because he's one of the best prospects that there's been in years. Um, but no, it's just even if, if honestly, all the teams that didn't get Trevor Lawrence, they got a quarterback, they got somebody who's good. Um, and it's just a matter of how they do, how they build around. So I think outside of Trevor Lawrence, I think the players that will have the most success will be Trey Lance because he's in the best situation of everybody, including Trevor Lawrence. Trey Lance is in the best. He has got the best team around him. I would say Mac Jones is number two. Um, and then I, I, I think Fields is a much better player than Wilson and the Bears have uh, a better team than the Jets. So he'll probably do better. And I, honestly, of the five main guys, I think Wilson's going to have the worst career. 
Yeah, yeah, that's probably what I would uh, predict as well. But hoping he has a good career. Never want to hope that anybody has a bad career, you know. But well, uh, the Cowboys, I do. Yeah, <laughs> All right. that's fair. That's fair. But uh, I'm, I'm pretty bummed that our uh, degenerate analyst, Pat McMahon, wasn't able to come on today. I was going to give him some shit. So his boy, Ian Book from Notre Dame, the quarterback, he was drafted by the New Orleans Saints in the fourth round. And I text, text him. I was like, hey, hey, that's exciting. Your guy got drafted. And he immediately, immediately was like, oh, no, he's going to suck in the NFL. He, has, he doesn't have a big arm. Like he was talking shit about his quarterback. And I was like, dude, what the hell is wrong with you, man? Notre Dame yeah, for man, life. Show some love. I know. Shit. Give the guy a chance. I mean, Jameis Winston, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Although he says that he thinks this is going to be Jameis Winston's MVP season. That's what he told me. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's a bold prediction, but hey, you never know. He does have a really, really good team surrounding him, right? It's not just Drew Brees' presence on the field that's you know, was important to that organization. It's Drew Brees off the field and being in the locker room. So without him being there, yeah, it's going to be a very different look for the Saints this year, I think. I mean, it's, it's one thing that – it's one thing to point to, oh, when Drew Brees was out, they went undefeated both two seasons in a row. They won, you know, four games the year before and then five games this year without Drew Brees. Yeah, he was still there, though. He was still yeah. there. He's not right. there anymore. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. I just – I think that Tampa Bay is going to just smoke the NFC South – like they'll win like of the 17 games, the, the Buccaneers will probably win 13 or 14 games and the rest of the division will win like eight or nine at best. Yeah. I wouldn't uh, be surprised. Atlanta took Atlanta took pits from Florida and are they, you know, I, I, I was actually surprised they didn't try to get one of these young quarterbacks to eventually replace Matt Ryan and maybe move Matt Ryan to a team that needs a quarterback, like that wants to win now. It seems like Kyle Pitts is kind of like a generational talent. I mean, he's, easily the the highest uh drafted tight end of all time and yeah, just watching I, his film he doesn't even seem like a tight end he just seems like a massive wide receiver with elite skills. yeah and i feel like the falcons are basically going with because their defense is terrible yeah. i think that their logic is you know what we're just gonna try to outscore teams we can't stop anybody but we have a great offense and yeah. that's what we're going to try to do so if you're watching a falcons game this year know that the score is going to be, take the over <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that's been the case with the falcons for a while now though like they've always yeah. just tried to rely on their offensive pieces. They've had a stacked team on paper, but it's really just Matt Ryan hasn't been consistently dominant enough for them to yeah. win in that type of style. Um, I think if that team, like give Matt Ryan a, a great defense and there you go, the team probably would have been great over these years, but that's just hasn't been their strategy. It's been biting them in the ass, but um, any, any more uh, big NFL news, Mike? Well, um, I'm very curious to see where all these veteran quarterbacks end up between Watson, Rodgers, if Russell Wilson ends up leaving, I think he's going to stay. Yeah. Um, but I am very, very excited about the state of the league right now. I love the fact that despite the draft was in Cleveland and not New England, that Roger Goodell still gets booed every time he goes to the podium. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, the fans seemed uh, extra excited this year at the draft. I, 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 I don't know. You get to be there in person. You know, there was a big yeah. crowd that was there and, um, they were all vaccinated, uh, but they all wore masks, I think, just to because of the size of the crowd, I think, because maybe the people that were outside of the facility that were there might not have been vaccinated. I, I, I don't know. I, I thought because they were all vaccinated, they could take their masks off. At least that's what I would have wanted to do. Could just been for uh, optics again. You know, that's how it's always been. But I, you know what was weird was that they were like, they brought his chair from his basement 
And like every pick, we're going to bring up a fan to sit on the stage and announce the pick. But that fan never announced the pick. They just kind of were there. And Roger Goodell basically showed them what the pick was. And I know with the, the Giants pick, when they picked Tooney, that the guy was just like, what? <laughs> so he didn't seem too excited about that pick. Just an immediate reaction. He's the first one to know. That's funny. Yeah, I think it was that they were just trying to play off of like the fact that he was in that chair during the last year's draft too, right? Is, is that the reason why they had the big thing with the chair? I thought it was kind of stupid, but. <laughs> I thought it was so funny how last year they um, they put up this charity uh, where if you, whoever bids the most money gets to sit with Roger Goodell in his basement and watch an NFL game. And Dave Portnoy, uh, the, the president of Barstool Sports, put 250 grand down one and they canceled it because he hates Dave Portnoy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they basically banned, like, banned him banned from all, NFL, all NFL events, NFL. right? Yeah. yeah, he got thrown out of the Super Bowl after he bought tickets and was there for part of the game. That that's a that's a dumb move, to be honest. Barstool is such a massive conglomerate at this point. Like they have so much influence. Like I don't know why the NFL wouldn't just welcome them, but the NFL is the NFL. They own a day of the week, so I guess it's kind of hard to go against them. That's a it's a big that's a if you're going to go up against them, that's a big that's uh, a big body of uh, people to go up against. Just ask Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, that's that's a good point. There you go. Yeah, but uh, but screw him. <laughs> yeah, stepping right over that one. So the NFL, obviously, I I don't understand how people can sit there and watch the draft for all of the rounds. Oh like, no, I I I honestly I was going to watch up until pick eleven, and then I was going to tap out. Like yeah. I, actually, I wanted to see the top five quarterbacks that were prospected to go. I was going to wait till all of them went. And so I, I knew Mac Jones was going, as soon as he wasn't taking three, I'm like, well, he's going to go to the Patriots at 15. So I was like, I'm going to watch until 15. Well, the Giants <laughs> traded their pick and they didn't pick until 22. And I'm like, well, I'm going to stay up until the Giants <laughs> their pick. Yeah. So I ended up watching more of the draft than I was planning to. Uh, yeah. It's just like so boring, especially since we don't really follow college football that closely. So like a good, probably 90% of the players we've never heard of. So it's like, okay, well, it's nice to see them have their dreams realized, but I mean, yeah. I could literally could just look up this list the next day. <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel bad. I, I don't feel bad because he probably makes a lot of money doing it, but like people like Mel Kuyper, whose only job is to cover the draft. No. And so, you know, that's what he'll do. Like once the draft's over, it's like, he has to start prepping for who's going to go in the next one. <laughs> and it's Dude, like, he has so been doing this for so long though. Like there's no way he doesn't enjoy it. If he can't, if he's been doing it for this long, you know. Well, I love the. Did you did you, did you watch the? Were you still watching it when they showed this tape from him in two thousand four, which was probably the best draft class since before this yeah. one? And they said he's like, you can use this tape against me, either Rivers, Manning, or Roethlisberger. One of them is going to be a bust. I promise you. And he was wrong. Yeah, although <laughs> most years, if he says that about the top three quarterbacks drafted, most years he's going to be right. You know. Yeah, I, and I I think I think that Wilson's the worst of the group. Of the five, yeah. of the five, I think he's the worst. Charlie Lawrence is the best player. Yeah. Whether or not he has the best career, I don't know. He's that's in Jacksonville, so that's always going to be a question mark. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that at least who will have a better start? I think that Mac Jones and Trey Lance will have the best starts of those uh, five because of where they are. I think they got better around them. Um, yeah, it's all about the situation as well. You got you got to always oh, take that into consideration. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Tom Brady got picked at number 199 but he got taken to a great situation oh yeah you know you know myself and the people listening to this podcast have never heard that story before mike so thanks for telling us (laughs) 
<laughs> I feel like we hear about that shit so much. Tom Brady well, drafted in the sixth round. Oh my god! <laughs> well, it, 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 he became the greatest player of all yeah. time. It's so it's such a good story. No, you know? you're right. It is it is an incredible story. It's just one that we've heard a million times. Just like the fact that Matt Stafford went to high school with, with uh, Kershaw. Uh, what were some other ones that uh, Chris Hogan played the cross? Oh no, never heard that one before. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I'll tell you this though. I'll, you know who's going to be watching these five quarterbacks closely is Peyton Manning because Peyton Manning still to this day holds the record for the most interceptions thrown by a rookie quarterback, and every year. <laughs> He roots for someone to break his record. So oh, he'll man. be watching all these guys that are going to be starting from day one, like like Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and uh, possibly Trey Lance or Mac Jones. Uh, he's going to be rooting for them to just keep throwing those picks. And oh, it's going to be broken eventually. I feel like it, it has to be broken eventually to, just with the how often quarterbacks throw these days. Like, like I feel like it's eventually it's going to happen. So, Drew, let's, we because we, we're, we're recording this, so you'll be able to play this back. Uh, in future, uh, in the future, what do you think? Uh, where, how do you think Trevor Lawrence's career in Jacksonville will be? Will he be successful? Will he be, unfortunately, not be have players built around him? What do you? What do you? What's your look at the Oracle? What is? What does it tell you that uh, Trevor Lawrence's career is going to be in Jacksonville? We're winning the Super Bowl next year. Next year, okay. So, so wait, this upcoming season or the season after this one? <laughs> this upcoming season. Oh wow, that's quite a prediction. I'm calling it right now. I, I will obviously since I'm recording this, I will clip this and I will gloat next January or February, whenever the Super Bowl is. February. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Trevor Lawrence will be hoisting the Lombardi trophy. Akin wow. to a, a to an Eli Manning. You know, he's gonna look just like him and he's gonna be saying he's going to Disney World. It's gonna be great. Right. He's gonna be Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, Super Bowl MVP, man. Trevor Lawrence. Who do they beat? Uh, they beat, I will say, I'm going to go out of limb. I'm going to say they're going to beat the New York Giants in the Super Bowl. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so what was probably an unlikely scenario has just become impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Jags are going to beat the Bills in the AFC Championship. <laughs> and then they're going to beat the Giants in the Super Bowl. Uh, well, I, I, I'll tell you this. I know you'll take much more enjoyment out of them beating the Giants than beating the Bills. Like beating the Bills, that's going to be a rough week for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it definitely would be but no in all seriousness to Trevor Lawrence I think he's going to be good um obviously I'm going to be very apprehensive just because of how bad the Jaguars have been for so long I'm trying not to get my hopes up too high but I think he's going to be good I don't think he's going to be great for at least a few years I, I, obviously it's going to take some time and then he's going to have a lot of pressure on him so we'll see I say the Jags win uh there's, there's 17 games this year so they'll they'll go seven and ten I could see that. Yeah. Seven and ten. But the thing is, is that Trevor Lawrence, this is going to be a big adjustment for him because he lost like one game in high school and he lost two or three games in college. And yeah. That's it. So it, it's going to be much different, especially for him and Urban Meyer, who are both so used to winning uh, at the level of college football. We'll see how they handle losing early on, but we'll see. I mean, the thing is, is that the Jags could, uh, you know, the teams in the, the AFC is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be tough. Uh, especially in their division, they'll have two free wins playing Houston. So there's two wins right there. And if they split with the other two teams, that's four. If you can win four games in your division, that only leaves 13 other games. Uh, <laughs> anything can happen. Yeah, anything can happen. I don't what, division, know. What, what, what division in the NFC do you play? Uh, we're playing the NFC West. 
Oh yeah. So that, oh. that's, that's going to make it even tougher. I mean, the that's NFC nice. West is, is probably the strongest tough. division in the NFL. So yeah, that's, that's, that's a tough draw. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Not, I don't have my hopes up. I mean, I was honestly joking. Five and 12. Okay. Perfect. Can't wait. It's, it's going to be better than last year, which is all that matters. Right. Well, yeah, they just have to win two games to be better than last year. <laughs> now I'm, I'm just curious to see what uh, the Jaguars do with Minshew, man. I mean, he, he's, he could still have a pretty decent career if they ended up trading him somewhere else, but he's also like the perfect backup. So that's probably how they're viewing him. He is their backup because he's got the experience of playing, but he's not like, you know, the thing with Minshew is he was not the reason they lost games. Yeah. He did. He, you know, he didn't have a lot of turnovers. I don't think. Uh, he started to when it was, when, as the season got on, he, he started playing worse, but yeah, no, it was our defense was the worst part of our team. They, they were terrible. It was honestly, I wouldn't have been surprised if they were the worst in the league, if not in the bottom three. So, yeah, I think, I think the, the Green Bay Packers could use uh, Blake Bortles if uh, Aaron Rodgers is no longer there. Maybe he can, he, he has a uh, championship game experience. Someone <laughs> needs to sign that man. Come on, Blake Bortles needs to be back in the NFL. The NFL is better when Blake Bortles is playing, just like the Knicks make the NBA better. The Blake, Blake Bortles is the Knicks of the NFL. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah what a comparison i don't think anybody's ever said that before but um mike do you have anything else any other sports news no i don't think i can top uh, blake bortles being the new york next to the nfl so (laughs) (laughs) that might be the title of this episode i i I honestly am very proud of that one but uh uh i I believe there's been some big ufc news lately real quick uh kamaro uzman just defeated um Jorge Masvidal uh, knocked him out in the second round. I mean, the man has been absolutely dominant in the welterweight division and has gained the number one pound for pound ranking over John Jones, which is interesting. Um, yeah. In terms of boxing, I know, I, I, I don't know. Did you follow that Jake Paul versus Ben Askren boxing match at all? I did not, no. Yeah, it was really stupid. So basically, Jake Paul, do you know who he is? No. Yeah, so he's this, so you did see him knock out Nate Robinson, right? back when yes. not okay yes, yes. Yeah. so it's the same oh, guy. So it's that guy okay yeah he, the youtuber who, who's starting to box mma guys for some reason and the, he chose literally the worst boxer in the history of mma basically and ben Askren. all he knows how to do is wrestle he was an olympic wrestler but his hands are terrible so coming into this fight like everybody was kind of like backing ben because jake paul's kind of a douchebag but it didn't even last a round i mean it, jake paul basically just I, he hit him with a nasty right hook and sent Ben Askren to the ground and it was over before you knew it. So yeah, it it was uh, pretty stupid. So there's, there's that. Um, (laughs) But honestly, the UFC welcoming back fans for the Usman versus Masvidal fight was pretty crazy to watch. I mean, they had 15,000 fans in an indoor stadium in Jacksonville. Yeah. I I love how the UFC is just like, they're doing their thing and they're not caving to pressure, uh, public pressure about like uh, everything. Like Dana White's just like, you don't like it don't watch yeah no he, he's I the that. i love that attitude <laughs> that that is dana white in a nutshell man he does not give a fuck what anyone thinks about him or the ufc so which is so awesome which is yeah. so great. Uh, the nba playoffs is um uh, is coming up um i i definitely am not a, a bigger as big of a fan of the nba as i have been in years past uh i know lebron put out there that his uh high ankle sprain injury even though he's recovering home he might never be 100 percent. now i've been one of those people that thinks his injury is overblown and kind of mm-hmm. fake um, because I think it was a way to get him to rest up for the playoffs. 
that's my and also it's going to be a great story like, oh lebron will never be 100 percent, but he's still so great that they won the championship <laughs> uh please you yeah know, no. <laughs> like okay i'm sorry i if, if, if i want so badly Obviously, I want the Celtics to win the finals, but I want so badly for either the Suns or the Jazz to represent the West in the finals because that will restore my faith in the NBA. But here's the thing. Suns and Jazz ain't making the finals. It's going to be either the Clippers or the Lakers, most likely the Lakers. The Nets are going to make the finals of the East. It's like it's just so predictable because all the good players are on that those two teams. Yeah, no, it's, we've talked about this before, just how the lack of parity in the NBA makes it so boring. Yeah, so, it, 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 so here's my prediction now. It'll be the Nets in the finals versus the Lakers. And the I don't know who's going to win that. That's at least going to be interesting there. Probably the Lakers, but because uh, I feel like there's too many egos on the Nets. Yeah, we're, um, we're waiting this entire NBA season for one seven-game series. <laughs> That's yeah. the only interesting part of the entire season. Like exactly, yeah. which which sucks. Yeah, no, it absolutely sucks. But you know what doesn't suck, Mike? We're we're gonna leave you off with this. The New York Yankees are on a three-game winning streak. Fuck that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> they're back to 500 now which it also sucks and yeah no, I, we're up three to one now they're only up three to two so. oh that's a damn shame I, i'm in a uh a group chat with uh, some of my video game friends and one of them is a huge yankees fan and he always messages us whenever the yankees lose because he gets so mad and he says he's like the yankees have been losing to the goddamn orioles like <laughs> when the hell do they lose to the orioles and now the orioles have taken their rightful place as the bottom of uh the eastern division so um all right well i think we will leave it at that hopefully you guys enjoyed our comeback after a few week hiatus obviously like i always say over the off season it's a little less frequent but hopefully it's still just as enjoyable as our episodes during the nfl season money mike do you have any final parting words no i'm, I'm glad we were able to do another show i'm glad you recovered from covid and yes. uh hopefully uh over the summer over this nfl off season we'll still put some uh content out there for you guys and uh just uh everybody stay safe and Again, uh, we're still taking donations for the Fight for Air Climb, uh, either on my Facebook page, Drew's, or uh, his wife, Kristen. So, uh, and there's some other members of our team as well. So please consider donating. We're still, uh, the fundraiser, I think, ends on May 22nd. Or 21st. You still have to get to 100 bucks? Yeah, I only have 35. <laughs> you'll get no there. You might just have to donate yourself, but you'll get there. <laughs> no one's donating to me. Yeah, I might have to just use all my own cash. So, Tell your mom uh, yeah. to donate the rest of it. Huh? Tell your mom to donate the rest of it. She donated the first 35. <laughs> <laughs> My mom's the only one. That's funny. Someone yeah. will do it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Well, uh, thank you for giving the uh, Piper Air Climb a shout out. Thank you to all of our listeners for checking out our dumbass podcast every single, not every week, but uh, with our crappy schedule. Um, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the NFL offseason, the MLB season, the UFC, the NBA, all of the great sports that are going on right now. And take care.